Greetings, cyberspace, and welcome to episode 196 of the Double Identity Podcast with your host, Brian and Angelo. Double Identity is your home to tech tales and paranormal primers. Now, first things first, Angelo, I'm kind of surprised that you are here. Um, given the way that the world is working, uh, you, an avowed monarchist, I figure would have taken a couple of weeks to mourn the passing of the queen, yet uh, you joined uh, this Zoom meeting. So thank you for being here, my friend. How are you feeling? Sorrowful? I'm not sure I could do the 24-hour wait to uh, pay my respects. Although today I was talking to my sisters and they said David Beckham waited 13 hours. Yep. I would love to hear from any sort of British monarch, or like any kind of monarchist in general. Like, let me know uh, uh, the justification as to why you feel a strong desire for a head of state like this. Let's let's see if David Beckham gets back to us. <laughs> yeah, his his people have yet to call uh, our people, aka my cell phone. So unfortunately, that is that is not the case. But you're holding up quite well. I hope I'm doing all right. Yeah, um, my wife is disappointed that she does not get the day off tomorrow to be able to watch the whole funeral thing because she's fascinated by the royals. Have we ever talked on? I I know we've talked about this personally, but I had a coworker that you know, uh, an older coworker yes. who every time there's a royal event, she would take the week off. So I can't imagine how she must be catatonic right now. We we're in a world where anybody under seventy, right, has not known a different monarch. Correct. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure it's hard on a lot of people. People, like, get attached to... Oh, no, to, I'm going the other way here. I'm going to, like, who cares? I guess. Truly I don't know. Day. I mean, I can see it. I can understand. You, the centrist here, yes, definitely do much. not care. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Double density. Another bit of news is, since last time you and I spoke with microphones in front of our faces, that there was a new Apple event. Were you excited by it, Brian? <laughs> you know I wasn't. There was nothing really for us that we were looking for changing. Uh, but it's always exciting to see new things, and especially when there's a new branding that appears, which is always fun because branding can be kind of weird. The branding I'm talking about is the Dynamic Island, which I keep wanting to say Lonely Island. <laughs> uh, yeah, one of the dumbest things that Apple has done, and I will stand by that, and I do not care what anyone else says. Uh, basically, what has happened is that like Papa Tim Cook is like has like chewed the food in his mouth and you all of the baby bird apple enthusiasts are waiting for 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 that feed to come for that food to drip down into your mouths and stuff like this makes me question the the cult of apple uh, even further like it's just a justification for a needed uh, like a technical aspect that didn't need much branding but yet they're trying to turn and i know what they're doing here they're trying to turn a negative into a positive um with branding it and with saying that it was intentional etc instead of you know the way that people would have traditionally um approached this as something that is actually uh, a failure or a problem it is a problem having a, a, a little spot where there should be screen but i guess they're sort of embracing it to make it a little more playful and make that space useful for something I haven't used it personally. I, I know of some people that have used it and said it's 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 really well done. It's better than the notch was. Is the name good? I don't know, but will it grow on us? These these things usually happen, right? And and I think this one this led me to the idea for the tech part of the show this week in terms of branding and how it affects us, how names that are initially terrible grow on us like fungus. Dynamic Island. When I saw it, I laughed because I thought it was so dumb. But now seeing it in practice and having heard uh, tech reviewers that I respect, like um, 
MKBHD talked about how this is going to be the most copied things on phones this year, for sure. Samsung will have their own little dynamic island. What do you think Samsung will brand their, their brand of dynamic island? I have no idea, nor do I care, because where's my foldable phone, Angelo? I think they'll call it the uh, boat in the ocean. <laughs> uh, listen, okay, so before we get into the branding, I'm kind of curious, what are the, the, the biggest use cases that you've seen that make sense for this? Well, any sort of uh, notification or I like how it, it shows your controls up there. Okay. That's actually really well done and a handy place to put them. Uh, if you're on a call, it'll show you that you're on a call there. Uh, maps show up there, although you really shouldn't be touching a, your phone if you're on a map. But if you're walking and stuff, lots of things show up there. I haven't used it. Like I said, uh, I'm not in the market for a new phone yet. I do know if I would need a new phone right now, I would probably get a Pro Max because I we've discussed in the in the past I really miss that Zoom camera. And yeah. I'm not talking about Zoom, the uh, teleconferencing software. I mean, <laughs> like the telephoto lens. I miss that a lot. I like my iPhone 12 a lot, though. So I, I wouldn't willingly change it. But if I knew, need a new phone, I think I would get an iPhone Pro of some kind. Right. Because like, I, like once again, do you hear that sound, Angelo? It's the sound of the food falling into my mouth. The food falling cook, into yeah. your little bird mouth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm just, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of neutral about it. I, I guess like it was, it was a, d- a choice that, that they had to make and I get it. Um, but the, the, the way that I've seen evangelists treated as like the second coming of the iPad or whatever is kind of, no, 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 it's, it's definitely not. not that. I don't, I don't no. feel like this iPhone is a, a huge revolution. Apparently the camera is really good though, but the camera always gets good. Here's a question for you. Actually, I kind of skimmed through the, 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 the Apple event any mention of any AR stuff? Like you and I Nothing. have talked about this for the last like four or five years of like Apple's kind of walked its its sort of uh, AR centered um, ideas back, right? Because we've seen less and less mention of it as time goes on. They were so heavy into it when they first announced. It. Remember all the demos on tables of games and stuff? Yeah, like and the basketball app. Yeah. I remember. And the reality is, is AR destroys your battery so fast. Go play Pokemon Go, which is a sort of AR type game. And there's been a lot of success with that. But from what I understand, which I, I have never played Pokemon Go, I've seen it being played, but I have never even downloaded it. I do know that it really, really murders your battery, though. Something they did start with this iPhone 14 Pro and other phones have been doing it for ages now is the always on display. And I think Apple realizes they're late to the party, so they hardly mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. I think if I were to get a new phone with that feature, I would probably turn it off to save the battery because my phone is actually usually face down. Same, same. I try to walk away from it. I do not want to see a lot of what's going on. I do not care about, I'd say like hmm, half of the messages I get. So nothing is time sensitive. Oh, that's which is why, why I'm mostly, that's why I'm mostly on do not I disturb. Like, yes, that is not true. I think that you and I are pretty good at like timely answers for each other. I usually don't answer you if I'm in the middle of something. Like now I see I have four messages waiting. Uh, the person who has sent me these four messages will be listening to this podcast on Wednesday and saying, oh, that's why it took you an hour to answer my messages Sunday night at 7.30. Dear Angela's mom, it is okay. He is safe. He is well. He is hydrated. Angela, let us Pokemon Go to talk about some branding. In the broad sense of branding, mostly tech-related, obviously, but the one that really initially jumped to mind was when Nintendo officially named their new console the Wii. Do you remember that? It was codenamed The Revolution, and people yes. were super excited about, oh, they're going to name it The Revolution. That's a great name. And then they named it the Wii. 
And uh, I mean, like, listen, in terms of bad names, it's up there, but it's kind of become ubiquitous, right? It's the best selling console of all time, pretty much. People loved it. The Wii was what video games were called. Although most people between you and I, right, they bought the Wii. It came with Wii Sports, and that's about they it. They played bowling. Yep, they yeah. played a lot of bowling. Yeah, it was the bowling well, machine. You know, tying things back, I don't know if you heard about the rumor that like the Queen was a Wii enthusiast had, when was given a a gold plated Wii and loved to play Wii bowling. Really, I did yep. not know that she nope. played with her corgis. <laughs> no, I think this was pre pre corgis. Okay, I wonder if she liked her. Hasn't she always had corgis? She's always had corgis. Once again, Angela, I'm not a monarchist. Okay, like, I watched we, I'm The not... Crown. She had corgis in The Crown, and that's before the Wii. So get your timelines right, Brian. I wonder if she played Nintendogs. Oh, that's a Yeah, that's a really, really interesting observation. I wonder how that went down. Going back to the Wii, that was a great... It ended up being a really good brat name. So good that they decided to use it again and name something the Wii U. Do you think this was one of the costliest branding errors of all time? It really screwed them I'm up, gonna say yes. for sure. I'm gonna yeah, say yes. I think so, because the Wii U, having played Wii U, having owned that console a, a good year and a half into its lifespan and uh, with lots of discounts, I love that console. There were some really good games on it, but it was very poorly branded because everybody thought the Wii U was that attachment screen. That's the U. You attach it to the Wii. Exactly. No, they could have so simply fixed it by changing that U to a two anything anything like playstation does it it's fine it makes sense uh microsoft a little more confusing but at least there's a through line with some of the decisions well, microsoft makes sense in that they didn't want to be the xbox 2 when there was a playstation 3 they should have just done the xbox 1080 no but then then that would have been confusing so they just went back to one <laughs> xbox is a bit odd. which is way more confusing to me but yes yeah i i think playstation does it right one through five makes sense yeah what about the Xbox Prime? That would have been a good one instead of one, right? No, because there's, there's Amazon Prime. Yeah, but Xbox Prime, Prime, that's fine. <laughs> I actually, funnily enough, I'm currently rereading the, the Marvel Transformers series. And how was that? It is awful, my friend, for the first couple of issues, especially the first issue. There is so much exposition that there is easily, no joke, probably like 300 words a page. It is just filled. If we trace back, that is a comic book based on a cartoon that was based on a on toy, a toy that was yes. based on another set of toys from japan two sets of toys yeah 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 and then so funnily enough on the other side of things right for the gi joe side of things the comic book and the toy line were coming up pretty much at the same time so writer uh, larry hama had to come up on the fly with a ton of uh gi joe lore uh when it came to doing the 80s rebrand and relaunch Yes, because I think I watched that in the toys that made us. He talked about that. Yeah, 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 he did. Yeah, and him being he he served in Vietnam, right? So just a ton of interesting stuff there. Well, I mean, those are two two successful brands, though. Um, but they're not well, tech are, related. Yeah. No, but they're still out there. Yeah. So the Wii is an interesting one where it initially seemed terrible, ended up being ultra successful, really good, and then they used it again, and unfortunately, it was a terrible decision. Uh, and as Brian said, probably one of the most one of the costliest, costliest decisions. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It almost screwed up Nintendo. Luckily, they had that sweet, sweet DS money that they were printing with, <laughs> right? Because the three, <laughs> the, the DS and the 3DS were so successful. Yeah, I mean, like they they managed to hold on to the handheld market, pun intended. Uh, all yeah, during that time, which I think kept them afloat until um, hitting per, like the Switch. Yeah, I would the say the Switch was a. They nailed it with that name. We're in year five. We're in year six of the Switch, right? 
2017. 2017. Okay, so you're year so five. five. Yeah, the Switch that was a fantastic branding by Nintendo. I agree, and it was a really smart move. I'm curious to see because uh, you know there's been sort of news about the next gen console and what that looks like. So I'm curious to know what they're going to name it. Yeah, I I have a feeling that will come with Zelda next year. True. That is a very good point. Are you excited by the, did you watch the, the Zelda trailer? Are you excited? Not much was really revealed, but yes, the uh, Breath of the Wild is, is up there with uh, my favorite games of all time. It's funny because now like the adult version of that game, Elden Ring. Oh no, I'm not allowed to mention that. Sorry. I'll bleep it. <laughs> I, you know what, I, no, no, no. We, I will allow you to mention that in that I recently started getting YouTube ads for it. So I'm not quite sure how that's the algo decided I to start serving me that content. I started looking but, at Elden Ring. <laughs> yeah, that's why, that's why I texted you the Wi-Fi password when you, you asked. You know it's a problem, though, if you'll start, if you, you don't know who this is probably, but if you start seeing YouTube videos by someone called Vadividia, then you'll know you're deep into Elden Ring lore. Not fair enough, but yeah. So people who listen to this podcast and play those games will know who that is. Elden Ring is up there with Breath of the Wild. I think it's it's hard to, for me to say which game I like more now. I feel Breath of the Wild was a little more relaxing. Elden Ring is just oppressively on top of you all the time. Speaking of video games that uh, you love, I recently uh, spent the last like week and a half playing Metroid Dread finally after buying it at Christmas last year. Wonderful game. Great game. Great game. Really enjoyable. Are you impressed that my son finished it on hard? My eight-year-old yeah. son. I'm on the last boss of of the game in regular mode. And uh, I gave it like three or four shots last night. And I, I was like, you know what? I'm not the right I'm headspace not, for this I don't want to snap my Switch in half. It wasn't even that. It was just like, I'm not, I know that like I'm getting, I, I wasn't in gamer stance, right? I was kind of like in like end of evening tired stance when I, you know, got there. So I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. All right. Well, now going from a uh, semi-successful branding name to what is probably the worst branding fiasco in all of tech history. Would you say that? One of them. One of that. It's up there, right? Like top five easily. I feel because it was so short-lived. That's true. That <laughs> it's not... It's 180 ever. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like it's it's like a really, really, like, big issue. Okay. It just looked terrible, right? And, yes. and um, we're talking about... Also sounded about, terrible. Yeah. Okay. So it's really bad. We're talking about the uh, Netflix Quickster fiasco. And some people are probably saying, I have no idea what you're talking about. And it's, it's because of what Brian said. It was so short-lived. But for a brief time, Netflix decided to decouple... Uh, the streaming from the original DVD mailing service they offered mm-hmm. and changed that to Quickster, I guess, because it was quick to get your DVDs um, before completely abandoning the DVD. But they went from Netflix Quickster to just back to regular old Netflix again uh, within a few months. Yeah, so this happened roughly like 10 years ago. Yeah, I, yeah. I remember when it happened because I had just got Netflix and we didn't have the DVD service here. Uh, we just had regular streaming Netflix, which uh, between you and I in 2009 was uh, slim pickings on that thing. <laughs> I feel like the glory years of like, like let's say like, like 2012, like 2016, I think were like real great for Netflix. And then after that, kind of the steady decline that into well, yeah. the content graveyard we are at now. Yeah, because so many things left it, right? Because now Disney has their own streaming services. They're not going to waste their time putting stuff on Netflix, right? They don't. Same need thing to, with Paramount Plus, right? Yeah, the you know, so 
Yeah, but yeah, I, I, Quickster was a weird one. I'm glad that they quickly abandoned it. They were very smart in doing so. Uh, you know, you can see in the QZ article the the stock bump that happened yeah. when the Quickster fiasco was announced. But it, it they, was a they quick recovered. pivot. Yeah, <laughs> they recovered, right? So I think that's that's a good one. And Netflix is still um, probably the most successful streaming service still there, uh, regardless of how we feel about the library. Yeah, uh, it's, it's very interesting the, though when you re- really think about Netflix and the way that it's plateaued, right? Because you cannot have infinite growth in that space. There are only a certain number of subscribers you can get, right? So the idea here, and I don't know if we've have we talked about this on the show. It's like an MLM, <laughs> sort of. But what I'm feeling now is that like they're trying to figure out how to legally get more money out of each screen that they're on because of things like password sharing, right? So if they can co-op those into a tier of paying customer, then they can continue growing in theory. Yeah, and they're going to have ad-supported stuff, probably, right? Have we, I can't remember. If we, we talked about this, that. Yeah. Like, we was that last that, week? Yeah. We talked about that, and like, I'm Two so weeks fuzzy. Ago. Yeah. So it's all the, it's all the sorrow about the queen in your heart that you yes, just it's, it's it ruined me. Single tear. Um, well, speaking of one of the better series on Netflix is The Crown. So, and that's where I've learned most of the stuff about corgis. Did you watch The Crown? Crown's good. No, my wife does. It's. I mean, it, the thing is, like, if I were to watch it, I'd sure I'm find it interesting. I just I have it no is. desire to right now. All right, so like that was a pretty bad one, and now going to one um, that can be both good and bad. Um, Sony and how they name their hardware. We talked about PlayStation, fantastic name, um, great job naming that. Actually, uh, it connects to Nintendo because it was supposed to be the Nintendo PlayStation back then, and then Nintendo kind of uh, shamed Sony by not telling them they were going with a different manufacturer for their uh, never-to-be-released CD-ROM drive. PlayStation's a good name. Walkman, probably one of the best brandings ever. In the 80s? It describes what it does. It is perfect. Yeah. Um, remember when the world was going to end because kids were listening to Walkmans and we were all just going to walk out into the middle of the street and get yeah, exactly. killed by cars? Which clearly did happen, uh, you know, everywhere. Yeah. Um, it, I'm sure it happened a few times, but not uh, as bad. But um, with other stuff, Sony is terrible at naming things. What? Uh, quick, Brian, what is the name of your um, headphones? Name them. What are they called? The MH300s, I think. Yeah. MHX300s. Yeah. Hold on, let me take a look. Uh, they don't have a name on them. It's the MHs. I can't yeah. remember what they are. Yeah, mine are the MH4 something. Yeah. MX. But uh, terrible name, right? Like, oh, well, Air- you know, I was, just, I was just thinking about the TVs, right? They have a whole Bravia line. There's the, uh, like, and I just pulled this up to make sure I didn't screw this up. But there are things like the, uh, the X ninety three hundred D. I have the X eight hundred. Uh, uh, I have the X eight hundred something. I can't remember. Uh, right, but I mean, like even the OLED stuff, like the X nine nine hundred F, the XE ninety four, the X series, the W series. Like, yeah. there's just it's a, a string of numbers that no one really uh, pays attention to. What are your Apple headphones called? AirPods, my friend. Yeah, see that that's so good at branding right there. Uh, anyway, that, that's such good branding right there. Because you know what they're called. Like, I'm on the Sony website right now, and I'm just, I'm laughing at myself at how these names are all going. Yeah, my, my TV is the X800H, I believe. The branding's terrible for the TVs. I also came, went through this when I was looking for monitors for my new Mac, and I was, uh, the monitor names are terrible, too. Um, they all, yeah. Uh, what's Apple's monitor's name? Studio Display, easy. XDR Pro, also easy. Well, they also are in the business of making like two, right? One or yeah, two. Yeah, that's. I guess that's so the I advantage, think... right? But Sony's headphones are like there's no every year, every few years they make a new X whatever series. Yeah. 
And now, like, they might as well name them something. Name them the new Walkman. The Sony heads with a Z really just taking it back to the early 2000s? Yeah. Great. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and just, like, just tweet maniacally, obsessively, to the Sony Canada account yeah. to see how, how, how quickly I'm going to get blocked. <laughs> yeah, Sony's names, uh, pretty, pretty terrible uh, with certain things. They need to... Uh, and maybe they got disappointed with the Discman. <laughs> The Discman was also a great name. Yeah. You know? I thought it was fun. Could you have lived with the Cassette Man, the Tape Man? No, Walkman was perfect. I mean, even if it wasn't by Sony, you called it the Walkman. Yeah, yeah. That's how ubiquitous it was. It was like a Xerox. Like the Kleenex. Or a Hoover, if you're in England. Or the Q-tip. And there we go back to England. <laughs> right, of course. <laughs> it all comes back to England. Uh, last thing on the tech docket, this episode is uh, some interesting news. Uh... A uh, <laughs> a multi gig dump of uh, GTA six information, including some videos, uh, has ended up online, and it's been pretty much confirmed by sources inside of Rockstar that these uh, videos are legit. Which is a setback that you cannot necessarily measure, but is very interesting. In that, like Rockstar definitely has a problem on its hands. Firstly, I would be, and you and I were talking about this earlier today. We were recording here on Sunday, September 18th, all about whether this was a an online hacking attempt or a phishing scam, or whether there is a physical component to it in that like someone gained physical access to an employee's devices somehow and uh, made off with all this data. There are a lot of issues with this, including the fact that the uh, gameplay is not complete. The graphics are not complete. Um, you know, Rockstar definitely didn't want the world to see this in its state. Definitely not. Rockstar is one of the most tight-lipped video game companies out there. They release a major game, what, every five or six years, basically. Uh, the last game they released... When was Red Dead? Yeah, when was Red Dead 2018, too? I think. I'm going to use the power of the internet to let you know, Angela. So just give me a sec. Uh, 2018. 2018. And that was a huge game. And... With Rockstar also, there's the bad too, right? With all the crunch and they overwork their employees. But the games they produce are amazing, I guess. But that's it doesn't excuse that. The thing is, is we don't normally see anything of the game until they want us to see it. Exactly. I mean, like Grand Theft Auto V came out in 2013, right? So we'd be hitting, at the very least, the 10-year mark for a sequel. Yeah, um, although Grand Theft Auto has survived game. in the online world. Yeah, like GTA Five, like I, you know, there's a ton of uh, online role playing. I don't know if you've watched any of that ever. It's super interesting. I have actually played it because a few months ago, on uh, if for uh, PlayStation Plus subscribers, GTA Five, the PS5 version. So now I played it on PS3, uh, and it's now I never played it on PS4, and now it's on PS5. It was nine dollars, so I bought it because I figured, right. well, I haven't played right. it in ages, so let me give it a try. And it's GTA Five. it's fine. I, I didn't really continue, and I played other stuff after. But I did try the online thing. Mm. I don't get it, but because mm-hmm. I'm an old. so Well, okay, so this is the other thing, too, is that there are specific servers, like the most famous one, I think, is NoPixel, where you have to fill out a form, and there's a formal invitation process. Okay. And so you were, like, these servers are cu- were curating people to join and play. Okay. Well, because when I played, I didn't know what I was doing, but then all of a sudden I was sitting at a computer in my game. Gee, you, you playing GTA five, not knowing what to do is like the epitome of like an Angelo kind of like mental picture I have of like, I'm going to pick up this gun and run for it. Well, the, the thing is, is GTA five is one of my favorite games. I was, I finished it 10 years ago at this point. I don't remember anything about the game, but I, I was decent at it. I, I know what I was doing, but then online, I just don't understand the concept of it. But 
GTA 6 seems like it'll be an amazing game with uh, different cities, new cities being added. So it'll be something that will last yeah, apparently, years and Apparently years. the blueprint uh, for this one is Miami, given the, the leak information. The start city, the yes. Yeah. The start yeah. city is going to be Miami with a female protagonist, which is really interesting for GTA 5. I think so too. It's a Bonnie and Clyde 6, kind of situation, apparently. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, all that to say, like, who knows how this will set Rockstar back? Who knows how they will navigate this, right? Like, spoilers ahead of time are always an issue. And I was raising the point that recently Eminem had written... Um, in editorial slash story of sorts for XXL magazine about how uh, 2004's Encore had to be retooled after a bunch of songs on there leaked. And then Eminem was deep into uh, Painkiller Addiction at the time. And so a lot of the uh, newer songs that were included um, were of a subpar quality, right? So he was saying that the original vision for Encore was much more solid than unfortunately as time progressed, his drug addiction um, uh, grew and grew. And then he ended up swapping out the songs that had leaked and put them on ADP, but unfortunately like cohesively it uh, wasn't the same. So, you know, I have, you know, you and I have talked about this, but I'm a completionist. I love collecting things like outtakes and stuff like that, but I much prefer uh, collecting them after a release, right? I don't want to be spoiled ahead of time. I'd rather see um, a product come out in the way that it's creator intended. Um, you know, I'm thinking about things like, and this means nothing to you, but like uh, little Wayne Carter three era, little Wayne, and the way that like Carter three's track list had morphed a ton I have of no times. No idea what you're talking about. Exactly, exactly. But this is also in the music realm. Yeah, um, it's, but it's just a music like realm that, I don't frequent and do, under, do no, not understand. No, that's that's it. But like I like I'm more interested in learning about a, a musician's era and if there are bootlegs or things available like afterwards versus like you know a, a an artist has a concession or an idea of wanting to go in with it. a project have a vision for the project complete it release it into the world and then if there are dribs and drabs if there are bits and pieces kind of coming out you know like for example like a lot of it really interesting um led zeppelin studio text exists there's a 22 disc compilation of beach boys uh outtakes that exists like stuff like that right yeah led zeppelin i know i was listening to the, i was listening to them today I have never listened to a full Eminem album. Maybe that is a challenge the next two weeks. I'll find you. I'll find you one. Yeah, I. I the 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 most memorable thing for me about Eminem is when his first album came out. I was working in a music store, um, but I knew the music I liked. Uh, Eminem was new, and I didn't really know anything about it. I didn't listen to the radio stations that would have carried him. Well, no one and, in Montreal cared. Like, that's not true. Sick. Well, no, probably people cared because they would come into the store. And ask no, 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 it's radio wise, radio wise. Okay, but they would; these people would come into the store and ask me for M and M, and I would tell them we did not sell chocolate. <laughs> I seriously had no idea what they were talking about. Really, finger on the pulse there. Yeah, really bad. I would be, yeah, maybe, maybe that album, the Slim Shady LP, maybe that's the album that I'd love for you to listen to. Okay, and just yeah. it's less than an hour, a little bit less than an hour in this original version. There's a couple of really, really good songs on there. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to check in with you before we record next time. I will also do the same, and then we'll have a conversation about that. Yeah, listen to it with the kids. Yeah, like have the, well, your daughter could handle it. Your son, probably not. Yeah, okay. Uh, I will not listen to it with the kids. I'll probably listen to it as I work at one point. So All, I, have, um, I have good speakers here. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, so that is it for the tech section. Angela, I'm going to head on over to the paranormal side of things, if you care, to join me in your uh, moments of sorrow. I'll be there. I hopefully don't have to wait 24 hours in line to get there. Double Density presents The Three Titans. (laughs) 
Welcome back to Double Density, and as always, we're switching gears from tech to the paranormal. So this whole discussion uh, for this episode was anchored on a post that I saw on the High Strangers subreddit. So the post is entitled, What do you guys think of the rapture being a story for uh, a mass abduction? Are they telling us one day they will return to take a load off people off-planted? Angela, how do you feel about the religious rapture, the Christian rapture? What is your history with it? Do you know about it? I like making jokes about it. Is that wrong? I um I love it when people just leave clothes lying around to mess with uh, people that think there's the rapture. I remember watching Left Behind, a made-for-TV movie with Kirk Cameron. I was going to ask that, because that, that uh, to a lot of, of uh, people growing up in the 90s, that was kind of like prime literature if you were going to church, right? I watched the movie, I think it was on ABC, back when we used to watch made-for-TV movies, because that's what we had. And thinking, yeah, oh, this is kind of interesting. And then realizing, oh, this is religious propaganda. Yes, essentially, yeah. Uh, so it is a series of like 16 books that originally came out. And obviously it's the, you know, when the rapture happens and like all of the saved leave the earth and all of the damned are left behind in order to work out their issues, uh, to put it very, very lightly. Uh, and yeah, so that was kind of um, uh, top line, right? This kind of apocalyptic feeling of um, the way christian doctrine existed to a number of people right like the book of revelations was is is was and is very big right there's a lot of um literature and theories surrounding that and the interpretations by which people have translated different things um some even are saying that there may not even be a rapture that only like in the book of revelations the way it's talked about is that you will meet jesus in the sky which is kind of uh it could be interpreted in different ways wait you mean to tell me people have interpreted the bible incorrectly differently Okay. Okay. Differently, not incorrectly, right? Because in order to uh, uh, propose a an incorrect, correct dichotomy, we need to state the correct one, which I don't have an answer to. It's true. We don't know the intentions of the people that wrote this book. Uh, what hundreds of years ago? Yeah, when I was an edge lord teen, I used to call the Bible the greatest game of telephone of all time. Right when well, I was yeah more I mean, of my feelings uh, yeah, that's about not things. Too edge lordy either. It's pretty accurate. No, I know, but it's very reductionist, too, about the way that, you know, um, scholars have approached this. And I've hung out with translators since then. And, you know, there's a lot of interesting uh, discussions to be had about those sorts of topics and how um, these things were approached. But, yeah, as we move throughout time and the way that language is in- interpreted differently, there's always that transformation of of original text to other text. And what does the subtext look like, et cetera, right? There's always that discussion of, like, what is left out or what is missing or what meaning uh, is given um, you know, I we've discussed this on the show about how I'm very postmodernist, right? Yes. And how like I believe that meaning is derived from the viewer, not necessarily the creator. And so to me, you know, I get to make up my own version of how I see the Bible, whatever, you know, uh, translation I go with. Yeah, like when you play Breath of the Wild, you're playing Link as the bad guy and Gan as the good guy. <laughs> yeah, when I join my no pixel uh, you know, Bible server, you yeah. know, that's the way it goes. But yeah, so anyways, so to come back to this, right? So this high strangeness subreddit um, post is suggesting that the idea of the rapture is a screen in that we, uh, you know, if you use the, the cosmic zoo theory, right? The idea that there are ultra smart beings from other planets who are watching our dumpster fire of a planet evolve slash devolve, right? And so they may come to claim some of these inhabitants, you know, maybe to drop us off onto their own planet or, you know, to build a cosmic pen or a cosmic zoo for all of us to sort of um, live in. Those who 
quote unquote ascend? Well, because a lot of religions don't really have room for aliens and things like that. There's there's just us, and we were made in the image of God, and that's all there is to it. There's no necessarily space for, no pun intended, for aliens. And so I linked you to an article from AdventistToday.org, which is an organization for some of the Adventists. It's, it's very interesting. I have thought about this a lot, about the idea of whether or not God's love is inclusionary, uh, galaxy-wide, or exclusionary, in that it's only for Earth. There's some interesting statistics in there talking about how uh, a lot of Christians don't believe in extraterrestrial life, but atheists are most likely to believe in it. Yeah, and then the, the quote from different religions. So they're saying that in the Talmud, for example, it says that God roams over eighteen thousand worlds. Um, so I'm not a Talmud scholar. I'm not a you know I'm not You're a not. Judaic scholar. No, I'm not. Surprisingly, why do enough. I even have you on this show? <laughs> yeah, you you'd better kick me off. But I, you know, so I'm not quite sure how that translation works from you know ancient times till now. I'm very interested in that. But yeah, there's the idea here that you know God perhaps loves everyone and is but is also judging everyone right versus god loves everyone on earth and judges everyone on earth you know exclusively well i mean it depends how many servers there are in the simulation we're in <laughs> right i mean that's a, that's an interesting angle too right if this is just you know a a very uh finely tuned simulation that we are living on i really hope not <laughs> <laughs> that you, so you hate the idea of predeterminism yeah, it sort of bothers me that people think we're living in a simulation. It reduces what we do to nothing. And that's that's totally fair, too. Um, I, yeah, I don't think we are either. Fundamentally, I don't think it makes enough sense for there to be a computer in the world that is so advanced that, um, you know, it controls the lives of billions and is ever-evolving. Like, where's the server crash? Well, you know, no, where, the where are the thing, glitches? Right? It's, it's, that's why we sleep so that the server keep, can keep going. And then as servers increase in power, that's why we've, we're getting past like 7 billion, we're at what, almost at 8 billion people on the planet. That would be a really interesting experiment if we got all of humanity to stay up for 24 hours, to really test the, the idea of, of life being a simulation, right? If we can crash the server 2K23, yeah. then like, that'd be kind of interesting. That, you know what? Hashtag crash the server. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting idea, right? And so this article kind of talks about the idea of like, uh, would religions be able to thrive if advanced aliens were discovered, right? Like it's it's really an interesting thing. And it comes back to discussions you and I have had on the secular side of things, right? About the Brookings Report, how people would handle the information of of having extraterrestrials in the sky uh, contacting us. Well, there's there'll be a, a cognitive dissonance there and they would find the way to explain it. I mean, that's the way all... They, they, they'd be biased in a certain way, so they'd have to find a way to explain it. Oh, this passage in the Bible makes space for this now. So that's how they would be able to explain it once we discovered aliens. It would, it would not uh, rain on their parade, really. It would just force them to come up with a reason, uh, make them do some backflips to explain what they've been saying wasn't real this whole time. It, it you know it's sort of like the the flat earthers right when they they had the laser guided uh, gyroscope and it it proved that the earth was round and they basically said oh there's something wrong with the gyroscope and also like uh, like I was talking to I was at a social event uh, yesterday and we just got into the conversation and and I had to explain that like part of the theory is that the ice wall is guarded by the FBI right but the idea there is that if there are FBI agents gathering by the ice wall. Why haven't any of them come out, right? Like, 
It's just, anyways. There's uh, that's neither here nor there. One thing and, that I thought really it's strong because it's it's the crows that, that guard the ice wall, isn't it? <laughs> the laser guided crows. No, the crows from Game of Thrones. Oh, of course, of course. How could I screw that up? Are you yeah. watching the new one, by the way? I am, and I'm enjoying it. Have you watched the new Lord of the Rings? I am watching that. I actually so. Lord of the Rings, I once we're finished recording this podcast, I will go upstairs and finish uh, watching The Fellowship of the Ring. I have not watched that movie in 20 years. So The Rings of Power have me a little bit confused sometimes. So I decided I'm going to go back and watch the movies, which are on Prime in full like 4K HDR and look fantastic. I remember not liking the Lord of the Rings movies, but I think it's because I didn't feel like spending three hours in a movie theater uh, three times. And I quite enjoyed uh, the... Uh, Fellowship of the Ring, I'm watching those movies. I'm watching the TV show. I'm watching uh, House of the Dragon. Lots of good TV right now, Brian. It is. It's also just No for, aliens, uh, though. No, not yet. Uh, something super confusing, though, is uh, what did Amazon buy the rights to uh, to get Rings of Power? So they, they have Fellowship, Two Towers, Return of the Ring, The Appendices, and The Hobbit, but not a ton of the other lore stuff. Okay, so it's very piecemeal, and it's like the way that it's written is very specific because they have to avoid certain things. And didn't is it Tencent or is it Embracer Group? One of those big companies that buys all those video game studios uh, bought the video game rights to Lord of the Rings. And so we'll see a next gen open world kind of thing. Yeah, probably either that or, or a mobile phone game, right? Oh, or a most likely game. mobile phone uh, gotcha game. Coming back to the the Adventist article, something that made me laugh is at the end of it, the question comes up, what would first contact mean for aliens religion? And then the interesting paragraph to me is, that makes me laugh is maybe extraterrestrials won't have in their own culture or history an equivalent to Jesus and his plan of salvation for one simple reason. We haven't had a chance to tell them about him yet. So the idea here is that no matter what happens uh, when the aliens appear, we are going to evangelize them. Yeah, we're going to go on a mission. And convert them. Yeah, which is just, I, I mean, let, let's do it. Why not at this point? But it's, I mean, like, this is, it's very fascinating to think about, right? So the idea of, you know, uh, theism, right? The idea of a religious structure by which to explain extraterrestrials. We've, we've talked about this before, but not necessarily through this lens of the rapture, right? Because um, some believe it to be a literal rapture and some believe it to be more of a figurative rapture in terms of, um, everyone dies, but it's that moment when you die that you get sorted, not necessarily, you know, as a living being on Earth. And there's no set dates for this, like the some of the other. Uh, no, well, we talked. We, we covered that whole episode about the Jehovah's pushing their yeah. their doomsday. Um, yeah, they, I mean, you got to um, push it back once dates it back. Work. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. And, like, but, I didn't really follow this too much, but how were they during COVID? Uh, like, I mean, I mean, it's still going on, but during the peak of deaths and destruction and lockdowns and stuff, I wonder how Jehovah's were handling it. Were they feeling this was, it, this is the time, it's coming, we're ready for it. I'm Googling it. Can't wait to be one of the, what, 4,000 or 20,000? How many is it that get it accepted? Oh, good news, Angela. Jehovah's Witnesses, according to the Washington Post from last month, Jehovah's Witnesses returned to door knocking after two pandemic years. Oh, Yay. <laughs> i i have thought about signing up for for the watchtower magazine as a prank i remember seeing people handing it out in the metro i mean the good the good news though angelo is that uh, jehovah's witnesses are not opposed to vaccination unlike uh christian scientists so yeah but christian scientists least, are opposed to all form of medical that's what i'm saying yeah. yeah exactly yeah so at least there's there's that right so i, well, I don't mean, know how, how could things they go are going to the door there. if they were you know if they were opposed to vaccine. when's the last time you 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 had someone go to door to door on you i mean for 
for non-religious things, people knock on the door here every once in a while. I'm not used to it because when I lived in Montreal, it didn't happen. Uh, here, it's it's pretty common that people will knock on the door and try to sell you something. Bell comes by often to try and sell me better internet. And um, Jehovah Witnesses, though, it's been many years. My wife was nice to them once, nope. and they kept coming back. Nope. Well, I, I've told the story on the, on the show before about how friend, uh, my friend's mom at the time was like, took pity on them one Sunday. And uh, it was like a full year of them coming over every Sunday. And she, there's a stack of watchtowers by the door. I always laughed about that because she, she did not care. Are you prepared for, for the end times? I would think so. And may make peace with everything. Although I, I want to keep going. I don't want to p- pull the plug on the simulation. Just not yet, right? You, you want to continue to see it go on for a while? I mean, I want to see what uh, DLC comes out for Elden Ring. That is a good point. That is a good point. So maybe that would be a really crappy world to live in, though. By the way, Brian, Elder Ring, yeah, yeah, the lands between, not a place you want to visit. <laughs> well, I, 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 this is a very like black brain kind of move, right? But the idea of seeing GTA Six leaks is maybe like a good thing if we're kind of thinking about the end times, right? Who knows if we'll actually get the game or if Gabriel's trumpet will blow and we will, you know, get stuck here or you know, ascend depending who we are, how we do. Yeah. It makes me think of those weird trumpet sounds people were pretending to hear or whatever. Uh, remember that? Of course. Remember once there were those weird sounds and they ended up being, uh, they were so it's something to do with the street being torn up or something. Yes. And the way that it was bouncing. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of interesting though. Cause like classically, like the idea of the rapture has been like a heretical belief that like only in the last, like, two centuries, I think two or three centuries that like this would actually be mainstreamed into the popular discourse to talk about Christianity. Yeah. And it's not which Christian groups believe in it though. Uh, more so the evangelical stuff, right? Where they yeah. believe that there are, there are more literal things to deal um, with. Like demons are actually on the earth. Yeah. You know, like the televangelist in the movie X. Did you watch that movie? That seems like a really Brian movie. It is an amazing movie. I saw it in theaters at uh, a theater that like had uh, broken seats, and the sound system was a little bit busted, and it, I couldn't have enjoyed it more. Have you watched it yet? I did. Yeah, that's why I'm bringing it up. What? Have we not talked about that? No, we have not talked about it because I just watched it last week. All right, I, forgot, so I, I do believe to mention it to you. I do believe that. So there's a certain tier of movie that I enjoy so much that I could watch with the sound off. And the number of shots in X that I loved dearly is so high that I could very easily watch the whole thing on mute. It was a good movie. It was great. All right. And I'm, I'm going to see the sequel slash prequel next week. Oh, I didn't realize there was a. So there are three, actually. So this is very interesting, right? So um, Pearl will tell the story of the uh, the older couple from X. Okay. And then there's a sequel where um, a certain character who survived X uh, goes to Los Angeles. I don't. Is this a spoiler? But did a certain act- actress have a dual role in X? Yes. Yeah. Because I kept thinking, yeah. is that her with prosthetics on? Yeah, it sure is. Really, really it's, good. I, I could I could go on a bunch about um, how it's it's different and interesting, and there's a uh, note to be said about human longing. Okay. Um, but I will not, uh, I'm not do that until we enter the spoiler zone. Maybe when we get closer to Halloween, we'll come yeah, I was just about to say, this is a good thing to maybe uh, rewatch and talk about at Halloween. Yeah. Uh, the other fun thing too, is that when I went to go see X, there were literally six people in the theater. So it was a wonderful time to be had. My friend and I spread out. We enjoyed ourselves immensely. Uh, yeah. So uh, Pearl is out now. And then Maxine, which is the third movie 
early 2023, apparently. Okay, well, so that's a whole pretty quick turnaround for these things. But they're, I mean, they're lowish budget, right? So, Well, apparently, like, um, yeah, like, it cost a million dollars to make Pearl. Well, good for that. Have you watched any of Ty West's other movies? I don't, I'd never heard of him before. Okay, so I would love for you, if you can, to watch The House of the Devil. Okay, House of the Devil. Yeah, it's about a babysitter. And that's okay. all I'm going to say, because uh, it gets kind of weird. And I really enjoy that. And then also he did a very interesting takeoff on the whole Jonestown Massacre thing with uh, the sacrament. And then he made a Western called In the Valley of Violence. And then uh, six years later, did X. Okay. I'll have to look these up, though, because I don't know if they're available on any services. So. I, I'd be curious. Yeah. Because I would love to rewatch uh, House of the Devil. It's also a movie that I think my wife could watch. All right. Well, issue. send me the names. I will. I'll and, text you. Um, and, uh, we'll, Hopefully we uh, get to them before the rapture. Look at it. Making a show within a show about what we're going to talk about in the future. Even better. Like, listen, yeah. we don't need meetings. We don't need whiteboards. We just need honest friend-to-friend, co-host-to-co-host discussion. And we've been doing this for 50 minutes now. We have been, and this is Although fantastic. there'll be stuff cut out, so if you look at your podcast listening to device, you'll see that it's probably Your podcast listening to device? Yeah, iPod. Interesting. Uh, interesting. Uh, Angelo also made a joke beforehand, or rather it made a typo that I turned into a joke, and when he said I dropped the Zoo link in the show notes, and he yes. meant Zoom, but... I was thinking Cosmic Sue, so I was thinking maybe he is watching me. So I had to look outside, take a look. Uh, you know, I lost power before this too, so I thought maybe my hero is showing up, giving me electricity. Here I am. <laughs> this has been it, I think, for uh, episode 196. I think we just need to call it right now. Yeah. Well, it's been a good episode, I think. I hope people enjoy it. I think it. so too. Yeah. We are pro, we're pro evangelizing uh, alien cultures. Right, That's a good idea. Get your pamphlets ready. Yeah, really good. Uh, idea. We're uh, neutral on the rapture. We hope it doesn't happen. Let's hope not. And we're also uh, negative on the idea of uh, aliens using the rapture as a screen to collect. By the way, can you see my cat in the back here? I don't know if you can see. I, her. I, I see her. She's just bumming around yeah. on the table behind me, just hanging out. She is enthralled by the idea of the rapture too. It seems like. Um, and she probably has a couple of things that she wants to tell me as soon as I get off mic. So I'm going to go ahead and just do that. Angela, where can people find us on the internet? On doubledensity.net is the easiest way because everything's there. But I'm at Angelo Furin on Twitter. Um, I'm not really on Instagram anymore. I kind of got rid of Instagram. Pretty fed up with it. Um, Brian, where are you? You can go ahead and find me at Brian Hasty, right? On Instagram. Uh, same thing. Oh, sorry, Brian MTL on Instagram. Yeah. Brian Hasty over on uh, Twitter. Brian with an false I. advertising there, Brian. I know. I goofed. I goofed. Right. So we're on the uh, internet, though. You can find us there. Yeah, all kinds of places. And all this episode probably just automatically went to your um, podcast listening to device. One quick note before I finish. I was kind of curious. How do UFO religions handle the idea of the rapture? Right. So uh, I decided to take my favorite UFO religion that is near and dear to my heart, the Raelians, and I looked it up. And according, so there is a post from 2019 on RAL.org that I will link to in the show notes with a comment at the top. So the name of the post is Christian whose rapture predictions failed now says it'll happen later this year. And RAL's, Rail's comment is in the last 2000 years, there are more than a thousand predictions of the end of the world. Christians, Muslims, Maya calendar, that's a typo, etc. And we are still here. Enjoy. Well, that's actually a nice little positive idea. Yeah, so it's an interesting clickbaity kind of move. Uh, makes me laugh. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, that's kind of an interesting uh, twist on things in, in how to uh, discuss the rapture uh, from a UFO, you know, religion standpoint. They know what they're talking about. I wonder how... This has been... Do, it. Yeah. 
I'm cutting you off for episode 196 <laughs> of the Double Density Podcast. And Angelo, I hope that you and I get to see each other uh, to record 197 before you uh, and I either uh, get dropped through the ground or we look over and realize that our families have ascended and we are stuck here, mere mortals, having work to do to cleanse our souls. I will see you then. We'll have a lot of clothes to pick up. <laughs>